Take your Bibles, if you would, find the book of the Gospel of Matthew, please. Find chapter 5. I want to spend a moment in there. Um, If you take notes, if you're the note-taking type, I encourage you to get something to write with, or you can just grab something in the seat in front of you and and take some notes. Not because I have anything to say that is... um, probably different than anything you've heard. However, I've got a lot of verses to cover today. Um, So let me, let me say right off, just right, just right off the rip. Thank you to Miss Lana that runs our media because she's, she's got her work cut out for her today because I want you to see that what I'm saying to you is not my opinion. What I'm saying to you is not a point I'm trying to make. However, it is, it is the Word of God, and I, what I say will be filtered through that and not through anything else. Last week, if you were here, if you were watching online, you know that last week was uh, what, what appeared to be discombobulated, it was just because when the Spirit shows up, you just do what He says, and you throw out whatever control you thought you had. Amen. Amen. You feel me? Uh, and that's how we do things here at the Body Dayton, and that's how we'll continue to do things. Um, but Pastor Dwayne uncorked a, uh, the proverbial can of worms, talking about grace. And I have nothing to say that supersedes what he said or corrects what he said by the farthest stretch but boy that that just got me that got me spun up in the best possible way because this is uh you're talking about holiness you're talking about justice you're talking about righteousness i mean that's my passion that's why we do what we do amen so uh, it is it it is i think beneficial for us to continue that conversation again. Uh, but, but before I, before I begin, I, I need to know something, and I need 100% participation if that's at all possible. Um, you love me, right? Oh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, because, yeah, it's the setup. No, it's 100% the setup. Because, listen, listen. Uh, <laughs> John's like, oh, I got to go. Uh, Listen, here's, here's the reality of it, church. Um, uh, and I know Pastor Wayne does the same thing, so uh, this ain't... Uh, we, we, we kind of approach it, we don't mean to, but I'm the old guy in this equation, right? So it's good cop, bad cop sometimes. Um, and you know which one I am. Um, but, <laughs> but I approach... I approach what I do, what I'm getting ready to do, like it's the last time I get a chance to do it. So I pray it's not. I encourage you to pray the same. But, but <laughs> Kim's like, well. Um, but but, but I, because I approach it like that, I don't want anything to go left unsaid. You got me? Um, so I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm incredibly cynical for a second, I don't mean to. I am, but I don't mean to sound that way. 
Um, it's not very motivational, not very inspiring for someone to just get up and start unpacking everything they don't like. Um, but my experience has been, I've been in church since I was five years old. Um, that Right, wrong, or indifferent, that might be a good thing or a bad thing. I ain't figured that out yet. But I've been in church since I was five years old when my father got saved. And here's, here's what I've figured out. And, 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 and Tom Jackson and I, who plays the acoustic guitar so beautifully every Sunday, we've, we worked together for 20-something years. And we've had this conversation a lot because we grew up in different environments. Um, I, th- I, think, I, think, I think both of them have their flaws and both of them have their strong points. Um, I was created uh, in, in a church environment that um, uh, you, you pray a prayer and you're good to go and it don't matter what you do. You just say you're sorry and everybody's good. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So some, of you, some of you are like, Baptist. Yeah, full on. I'm just telling you right now, that's what it was. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm, and I'm thankful for my heritage. Please don't misunderstand me. Uh, I have learned some things, however. Um, whereas... Mr. Jackson was raised in a different environment, and if you stumble and fall, God help you because you got to restart all over again. I'm talking about grace today, and I want you to understand that for many, we, in, in the westernized American church, we've developed a deceptive thought, I believe, that causes us to process data in a way where we have an unbalanced, I would say, inaccurate understanding of grace. Because I suggest it's neither one of those two positions. And what I want to try to do today is just use the Scripture's as its own commentary, if I could, and taking verses in context and and help us to understand that grace is not a cover-up. My son Dustin wrote wrote a song, uh, and and it's on a couple of our records. Uh, It's called Cover Me, and it's about grace. And it's not a cover-up, it's a cover-me. It's... And those are two different things. And we have to understand the difference in those things. Because if we don't, we will live live a little lackadaisical, if you will, in our decision-making and our behavior as we proceed in our journey with Jesus Christ. Let me know you're still with me if you you are. What, what, What we hear things, what we hear are things like, and I, and I'm not and this is this is so true. This is so true, but it doesn't mean what we think it means. Hey, look, I live under the grace and, and not the law. Well, when you understand grace, that's there's some weight to that that changes everything. Because the law was what it was, it was cut and dry. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. Amen. I live under the grace. I, I live under grace. I don't live under the law. Okay. And I am covered by the mercy and grace of God as you are as well. But I got to be careful not to forget his holiness and justice. When we forget those things, 
we cheapen it to the degree that it honestly means nothing to us. It is by his marvelous, amazing grace, as it's been called, that I'm saved. But if I use grace as a cover-up and not a cover-me for living any way I want, I've missed his point entirely. Because it's not a cover-up. It's not a cover-up. The balance between his grace and his demand for holiness is crucial. And, and I know balance is a hard thing for us to have in our life. And many would say, man, you're talking about balance. If there was an unbalanced dude, it was Paul. No, not really. He was just all in. And there's a difference again. There's a difference in striving for holiness and being balanced on the understanding of grace and mercy, truth and justice. You get the idea. If we are to grow as mature believers, I, I think to remain in this crucial balance, Paul admonishes us in Romans 11. I know I told you to go to Matthew 5. That's where we're going because that's where I want to spend a little time. But in Romans 11, 22, Paul says this. He says, notice, notice how God is both kind and severe. That, that juxtaposition is, is stark. Listen, we've sung about God's love. I'm so thankful for God's love, the fact that he sees the depth of my heart and loves me the same. Forget about it. Forget about it. Are you kidding me? I'm not worthy of it, and I don't know your heart, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say you're not either. What I deserve is the severity of God. Enter grace. Notice how God is both kind and severe. He's severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, I didn't, I didn't write that in there. Paul wrote that in there. Uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of a mighty God. Now you can't pretend that's not there, church. You can't pretend that it's like, whatever, do whatever I want, say a couple I'm sorry's, never going to do that again. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. Is grace unmerited? 100% yes. Thank you, Jesus. Does it cover my sins? 100% yes. But does it cover in a manner that we've always been taught? Let's find out. Using the word of God. Welcome to the body Dayton, where we inspire to lift you up, encourage you. Now, let me tell you why we're here. Let me tell you why Pastor Dwayne and I are here every week and all week. It's because we want to be a part of your journey on becoming a totally committed Christ follower. Can we use more friends? Yeah, probably. But we're not here to make friends. We're here, we're here to help each other. He's, he's my pastor. <laughs> and we're here to encourage one another to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that why you're here? 
oh, t- two of you. Oh. I, that's why John's here. That's why Tiffany's here. That's why Heather's here. That's why Blaine's here. I mean, I'm not sure about Candace, but I mean, I think that's why she's here. Are you here to become a totally committed Christ follower and understand these precepts and these foundational principles that we have been talking about for so long? Yay. Clearly, clearly, I, I, I need... I need words of affirmation as one of my love language probably, or I wouldn't keep on that. But if you understood grace, and if I understood grace, would we still allow sin in our life as freely as we do? Would we continue? I'm asking questions. Don't, don't raise your hand. You don't have to reply. Don't, don't send a message on Facebook right now. We're not to that part yet. But are you, are you, are, would, would we allow, would we make the decisions we make as frequently as we make them if we truly understood grace? I suggest no. Because if, if we truly understood what grace represented, I, 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 I just don't think I would disobey God when it's not convenient for me to obey. I just don't. You, you say, well, well, why? Well, because of what it cost him. No other reason. Not so I have a ticket to heaven. Not, not, not because he's going to fix all my problems. Because of what it cost him. I wouldn't be so disobedient. And I know what we say. Look, God understands how busy I am. He knows how busy you are. Look, 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 look. God knows how tight my finances are. Nothing happens that God doesn't know about it. I mean, I mean, come on, Jeff. I mean, he knows I just can't get along with that person. Do you know what they did to me? I probably don't. I really don't. But it doesn't change the principles of Scripture. And I spent two or three weeks and a couple of deep ends talking about forgiveness and bitterness. And, 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 then, and, then, and then, and I promise I'm going to start saying something positive here in a second. But then we say something like, God knows my heart. Is that really what you want to say? Let's think about it for a second. Can we? Just, just 10 seconds. Do we really want to say, look, God knows my heart. Yikes. But then we have to consider he also knows my thoughts. Double yikes. When that dude cut me off in traffic. When that young man at school began to cuss me out. I'm like, I can take you out of this world right now. I'm, I'm going to just encourage you. I'm going to ask you to consider. Let's, let's, disregard, let's disregard excuses. Let's look at what grace really brings to the table and what is required of us. When we receive it. See, I can preach this message today because I see people who are in the body of Christ that are just irreverent and whatever to authority and, and church leaders who are self-willed and stubborn, Christ followers who are selfish, controlled by lust and greed and gluttony. 
I need to say again that the grace of Jesus Christ covers all of my sin. But it is so, so much more than that. And it does so much more than that. It enables me, and this is the crux of my message today, it enables me to live a holy, spirit-led, obedient, empowered life in Christ. Are you in Matthew 5? Is anybody in Matthew 5? I mean, listen, we're going to have the verses behind me. I get it. I get it. You're like, who brings a Bible to church anymore? Uh, well, I just have one here. I probably didn't bring one. I, I mean. Jesus talks about what he's looking for in a New Testament believer in Matthew chapter 5. Now, I have to pause there because I have to say, <clears throat> do we want to be the New Testament believer Jesus wants us to be or the one that the, the, the cold preacher on TV wants us to be? That, we have to make that decision right now. So I'm going to go forward assuming that what you want is to be the Christ follower, that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who gave his life on a cross, wants us to be. Is that fair? Cool, cool, cool. Matthew 5, verse 21, and the beginning of verse 21, the beginning of verse 22 says, you have heard that it was said to people long ago. And then verse 22 says, but I tell you. Oh, wait. So Jesus flips the script on us. You've heard it said, man. Jesus is like, I'm not negating everything you've heard. We're talking about the juxtaposition between law and grace. You feel me so far? So it's like, you've heard it said, and I ain't saying that wasn't true. But now that I'm on the scene, I got to say something a little different. See, because either grace is a cover-up or grace is a cover-me. You've heard it said from people long ago, but I tell you, and Jesus used this pattern of teaching in Matthew chapter 5 four more times, and, and, and if, if, if it's important to you, verse 27, 28, 33, 34, 38, 39, 43, 44, he would quote the requirement given to them by the law. He said, you've heard that it was said. Then he introduces what he requires of us through grace. And in doing this, he 100% confirmed what John taught in John chapter 1, verse 17. He said, the law was given through Moses. <laughs> but say it with me, please. Grace and came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses. It was very important, and we can study that at a different time when you're interested, but, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. One, one was an outside restraint. Let me say that again. One was an outside restraint, so we knew when we messed it up. <laughs> the other was an inward transformation. And those are definitely two different things. And I think what we see today, and I've seen it in my life, it, it, people who live loosely kind of make fun of others with higher standards. 
because they don't understand grace. There's, a, there's an expression of their relief, if you will, that they live under grace. But, but Jesus says, no, if you understand grace, you need to slow your roll a little bit when it comes to holiness, when it comes to commitment, when it comes to walking with me. And I just want to speak to those of us under the sound of my voice today, and I said us, who fall in the category of why do we have to live such a rigid life? We don't. We live in freedom. But we live in that freedom based on this book and not based on anything else. So if you're on board with that, let's go deeper. Jesus Christ's standard is higher under grace than it even was the law. I know what you're thinking. It's like, I can't even keep the law. Well, you don't have to. Praise the Lord. Amen? I think we might need to get a new phrase other than, I live under grace and not the law. We might need to find a new phrase. Matthew 5, 27 and 28. Would you go there, please? Let's, let's just look at, let's look at an example. Your Bible says, my Bible says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. We would agree with that, yes? <laughs> Somebody's like, I'm not sure. No, be sure about this. Amen. Gave me some headache. You have heard, you've heard it said you shall not commit adultery, verse 28, but I tell you, Jesus said, that anyone that looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wait, what? Wait. So before you came, Jesus, I just didn't have to do it. After you come, Jesus, oh, oh the bar's a little higher. But I thought living under grace and not the law was my ticket. It's because we don't understand grace. See, judgment was passed under the law when you committed adultery before we were ever covered by grace. Under the new covenant, now that we're covered by grace, we're guilty. You get the idea. Pre-grace, you had to do it to get the judgment for it. Under grace, it just starts in your mind. Jeff, that don't seem fair. Okay. Jesus didn't say it was fair. He's just and he's holy. See, here's what he knows. He knows Jeff Burke. And he knows if I don't keep a a tight wrap on those things. Whew. And I think you might know that about you too. All right, let's go one more. So in Matthew 5, go to verse 21. You've heard it said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders is, murders is subject to judgment. We get that. But I tell you that anyone who's angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, who says to a brother or sister, Raka is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Okay, those aren't the same thing. 
The act of murder is different than thinking about a person a certain way. But Jesus said, no, no, they're the same thing. You're like, well, Jesus, he kind of talked in that, you know, poetic, figurative speech. No, he said what he meant, and he said what he said. See, this is interesting because the word rakab, it's a very roughly translated to fool, and I, I get it, and that's all, probably how you were taught as well. But as, as I've studied this out, the real translation would be more like, you good-for-nothing, loser, moron, idiot. You would never say that. I say that to the guy that cut me off, though. I don't want to. It just, it just, it, it's a term of utter disgust. Some of you, maybe if you're listening to this, you might be rewinding in your mind like, I think I said that. But can I tell you, it's not even that you say it, it's, is that your heart? Is that your thought? And look, 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 I, I need to let you know, Rob, I ain't, I'm, I'm as unhappy about what we're reading as you are. Can you feel me? I, I get it. I 100% get it. But this is important for us to know, amen? See, pre-grace, you were guilty of murdering, murdering someone if you took their physical life. Under the beautiful, glorious grace of Jesus Christ in the New Testament that we cleverly hide behind so many times. It equates anger with your brother or sister with taking their physical life. John verified it. John, again, John verified it in John chapter 3, uh, excuse me, 1 John three fifteen. Anyone who hates a brother, would you look at this verse? Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. Okay, then. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Under the law, you had to choke, stab, you get the idea. But under grace, if you refuse to forgive, if you have racial prejudices about a people group, Jeff, you don't know what they did. It doesn't. It matters, but it doesn't matter in the precepts and principles of Scripture. It just doesn't. You know that the same grace is available to the homosexual couple that you so disagree with. You hate that flag they have. The same grace is available. We're not given the right or the privilege to pick and choose who gets loved unconditionally by the creator of the universe. We don't. John said, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. Well, I don't hate. I just dislike them really strongly. It's semantics. Get over it. I say that in love because I love to say it. 
Grace is not the cover-up we've allowed it to become in our life. It's not the loophole we've been taught it was. In, in, in the book of Titus, it's a little bitty, almost obscure book in the New Testament. I love it. Um, in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, you see it on the screen behind me. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Can somebody say amen? But the grace of God... That offers salvation, has appeared, that offers salvation to all people, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Well, thank you, Grace. Because isn't that what Jeff Burke needs? 100%. Now, I don't know what the percentage is for you. For me, 100. I love the way the... The Amplified renders it. For the grace of God, you know, his unmerited favor and blessing has come forward, well, it's appeared, for the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind. Thank you, Jesus. And he says, it has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, you know, the irreligion part, and worldly passionate desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. And who needs that? Raise your hand. I need 100% participation. Okay, sweet, sweet, sweet. And then, of course, I love the way Peterson, in the paraphrase of the message, renders this. He says, God's readiness to give and forgive is now public. I'll take it. Salvation's available for everyone, exclamation point. We're being shown how to turn our backs on a godless, indulgent life and how to take on a God-filled, God-honoring life. Grace. Can I tell you that grace is not the cover-up, it's the cover-me because you can't live a holy, God-filled, spiritual life without grace. It's not the get-out-of-jail-free card. It's the I-need-to-get-my-act-together card because of what it cost my Savior on the cross. We can be thankful for both, but we can't ignore the other. Amen. Grace is the ability to live free in, in a world that just couldn't care less. Free of ungodliness, free of selfishness, free of pride and guilt. Free, free. It empowers us to live a life of Listen, obedience. The presence of outward, obvious fleshly desire is, honestly, it's a result of a disobedient heart, one that's not covered by grace, one that does not understand grace. And what I want us to do today is just change how we look at grace. Because it's 100% everything Pastor Dwayne said last week. And, and, and he already told us he's going to talk more about it, and I can't wait to hear what God has given him. But we have to understand that it's not a, oh, well. Sorry, God. <laughs> you know my heart. He's like, yeah, I kind of do. Kind of do. And if I could throw lightning bolts from heaven, I'd do it right now. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, for of this you can be sure. No, are we looking at this? Everybody looking at this? 
Again, I know my name's up here, but I didn't write this. Can you, can you put Dwayne's name up there? For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, because such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Okay. Next slide says, let no one deceive you with empty words. That's what I'm trying not to do today, is deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes to those who are disobedient. God's wrath. Remember, remember, he's severe and he's kind. I ain't gonna, I mean, I would be disingenuous with you if I didn't say I like one more than the other. That's fair. But we can't pick and choose the characteristics of Almighty God. We just can't. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes to those who are disobedient. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of God's wrath. And, and grace is what enables me to serve God. It's what enables you to serve God. It's what empowers us. It's the essence of the power to live a life of obedience and righteousness as best as we can in this body, in this life. Listen, receiving and understanding grace and living in that is the proof of our salvation. It's the decisions we make once we've established, I want the grace of Jesus Christ in my life, not just so that I can go to heaven when I die. I want the grace and I need the grace of Jesus Christ in my life because I can't live this without it. Again, Titus chapter 2, 14 said, Jesus Christ who gave himself to redeem us, for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what's good. And I know that the Bible says, by grace we are saved through faith. Please, please, I, I, I'm not discounting that at all. I know it's a gift of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll never, I'll never stand before God and declare my own righteousness. And I encourage you to not do that either. Because we lose. 100% of the time, we lose. But what I am wanting to get across to us today is that our faith is demonstrated by the decisions that we make. I need to say it again. Our faith is demonstrated by the decisions that we make. I, I serve him and you serve him, whether you understood it before this day or not. I'm, I, I, I sounded condescending. I wasn't trying to be condescending. But it, whether you connected the dots to this or not, you serve him because of grace. Because of what he did. serve him because of grace. I serve him because of grace. We failed to emphasize, though, the power of grace, not only to save us, but to give us the ability to glorify him in our own lives. The familiar verse that we've all heard, a familiar passage we've all heard, and, and you'll kind of see the line I'm trying to draw here, is in the book of James. James chapter 2 verse 17 said, in the same way, faith by itself, if it it's not accompanied by action, is dead. We know that verse. We're like, yes, James, yes, thank you. But someone will say, you faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. 
say, Jeff, Jeff, what are you saying? Well, the way we're, we know we're living under the new covenant of Jesus Christ. I know that's an old school term, but it's very relevant and very real. And so I will always say it. It's a covenant. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't strike a deal with Jesus. You entered into a covenant with him. And a covenant is something different than a promise. In this this New Testament covenant that we entered into, grace is not the cover-up. It's not an excuse. It's not an easy way out. It, it, It is the covering of our sin plus the empowerment to live holy, free lives marked by our behaviors and our actions. And again, I, just so you know that I'm, we're on the same page. You don't like that. I don't like that. The people who read Scripture for the first time in form of a letter and a scroll, they didn't like it either. Let me remind you of when Jesus said it to the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. He said, I know your works. But, but I also know You're neither cold or hot. Please notice he said works, not intentions. I know your decisions. I know your behavior. I know your deeds. And by looking at the deeds, Jesus said, I know you ain't in or out. You're just there. Man, those those words are so heavy to me. I mean, the, the actions of those who would be considered cold would be blatant disobeyers, disobeyers of God. Just, just like, no! You know, it's, it's the classic, you know, Jonah syndrome. You feel me? They're lost. They know it. They're running from God, and I get that. I, honestly, I'd rather hang out with them than I would fake people all, all day long. But they're backslidden if they knew Jesus. They know it. On the other side, those who would be considered hot, they're consumed with God. His heart beats with their heart. He, they have the mind of Christ. They, they see the broken. They see the hurting. How can I make a difference? I'm not here to make a point. I, 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 don't, need a, I don't need another political Facebook rant. I need to give them Jesus. And Jesus said he looked at how they behaved, their actions, their works, their deeds. He concluded... They were neither in or out. They were neither cold nor hot. And he goes on to say in the rest of that verse, I wish, God, let's feel it. I wish you were one or the other. And in this statement of misunderstood grace by this church age, he goes on in verse 16 and said, so then, I'll let you read it first. Because of misunderstood grace. Because not living as a result and through and out of what he has done. He says, you're not in or out. You're just part of a club. He said, because of that, you're lukewarm. You're neither cold nor hot. So I'm just going to vomit you out of my mouth. I probably stared at this verse 
uh, I don't remember if it was Thursday evening or Friday evening. No, it was Wednesday. I was here for deep in. I stared at this verse, and I'm like, lukewarm, lukewarm, lukewarm. And, and of course, and I know you do this too, God searched my heart. I don't want to be lukewarm. Da, 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 da. I don't want to go through the motions. And I thought about lukewarm has too much hot to be cold, but too much cold to be hot. Lukewarm is this bizarre blend of I'm kind of in and kind of out. One foot over the line, the other foot, you get the idea. Lukewarm is this bizarre mixture of how we do life. It's, it's, an, it's a misunderstanding of grace to the degree that it will train wreck our lives. It, it has enough heat to blend in undetected with the hot <laughs> and enough cool to slip in unnoticed with the cold. God forgive us. I didn't say you were a meth head. I didn't say you were, you know, a crack addict. I know that's kind of an 80s thing, but I didn't, I didn't say any of that. I just said you're cold. I just said you're cold. And Jesus said, I'm sick to my stomach over it. Jesus Christ, the one who hung on the cross, I'm sick over it. Did you ever wonder why he used such graphic verbiage here? Again, I, I, I just meditated on this verse. I said, <laughs> this is going to sound creepy, but I, I sat with the lights out in my office. I sat in the dark and I meditated on this verse. Why would he say that? Because we vomit out what our body can't assimilate. And, 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 and just so we're clear, this, and, and I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be cute, I'm not trying to be graphic, I'm really not. I'm wanting us to understand the, the weight of this verse. That, it didn't say, I will spit up. It didn't say, I will belch. Okay, maybe that was for the laugh. It's heavy in here, Dwayne. I got to do something. No, 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 no. He said, I will project out. That's what this means. I will hurl. I will projectile vomit you out of my mouth. And then verse 17 described their condition. He said, you say, he said why am I going to do this? Hey, hey, Jeff, why will I vomit you out of my mouth, Jeff? Well, because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Let me translate that for you or paraphrase it more accurately uh, for you. Uh, you. You say you live under grace, and you can do all the things you say you can do, you got all these freedoms and blessings, which you do. And by the way, Jesus said, they're from me. But, 
But I say you need to be covered by grace. Not make it a cover up. There's been times in my life when I've lived like Judas. I've made sacrifices for the ministry and sacrifices for whatever, whatever, for, for fame, whatever. And I may have even operated in the gifts God has given me. But Luke 6.46 speaks to all of us and says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And not do the things I say? Church, grace is what empowers us. To even have the desire... To live holy. To even have the desire to make right decisions. I, 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 don't want, I don't want the church of Jesus Christ to be tricked into a salvation. Whereas Jesus is going to give you all these things and he will. And he's going to fulfill all the promises he said to you and he will. But we've forgotten about the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a big deal to me. And the reason it's a big deal to me is because God will judge us one day for it. Matthew 23, 15 said, you cross land. Look at this verse. My God. You cross land and sea to make one convert. And then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourself are. Really, Jesus? Can you just say good job, Jeff, once? He does. I love what this says because we will do everything in the world to see somebody come to know Jesus. Thank you, Body Dayton. Thank you. That's our assignment to get the one. But what I need us to understand and what Pastor Dwayne is trying to get us to understand and open this can of worms is we can get them in here, get them under the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then we can destroy them. May it never ever be may it never be we'll never see revival to its fullest we'll never see restoration or reconciliation we'll never see those things if our goal is to check a box off so somebody says I love Jesus you cross land and see to make one convert and you turn that person into twice. God help us. God help us. It's, it's like Jesus is saying, you know, I, I, I. And this is even another can of worms. God's like, look, look. People have free will. They'll come to me or they won't. He said, I predestined everybody to come to me. But I know they won't. He said, that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for are people who will place themselves under my Father's grace and live in a way that will draw people to me. That's Jesus' purpose. My heart breaks for the multitudes who've been lulled into a lukewarm way of living this life because of the misunderstanding of grace and I'm not listen I, I, I got so much to figure out about grace I don't under, I don't even understand it 
but I know a, a misunderstanding of it will lead to death and deception. And I want to speak to those under the sound of my voice who have... Maybe, maybe you've not held the line. I get it. I get it. And this is where that other side of grace is so beautiful. Because he is waiting with open arms. But you and I need to understand it's not a one and done. It's everyday striving to be more like Christ. Every day. All day. I, I, am, I am probably so anti-fad that I, I'm ridiculous. I'll do something totally upside down just so you don't think I'm on board with a fad. But I got to tell you something. Back when my kids were young and they did that what would Jesus do thing, hey, that was a thing. Now, granted, I didn't need it on a mouse pad and a mug and a bracelet and socks and my skivvies, but, but I will preach that message till they put me in the ground. You don't know what to do? I got you. Open up this book. Because I guarantee you Jesus done it or talked about it. Oh, I guarantee. See, there's no gray areas in here. I know we want to think that. That's, that's that whole woohoo. That's that whole shuck and jive thing. No, I know. I know. No, there's not. No, 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 no. no. It's black and white, church. It's black and white. Grace. Grace to live a life that honors and glorifies what he did on Calvary, on the cross, for you and for me. Anything outside of that, I'll find a new hobby. Because that's why he saved us. Would you pray with me? Pastor Duane will tell you if you ask him, and feel free to ask him. I, I have no secrets. He'll tell you, I wrestled with this so hard. Because I knew, I knew time wouldn't allow me in the time we have together this morning. And it's just, we have this struggle every week. I, I, I don't have the time to really unpack and explain what it was and what it is that I'm wanting to communicate to you. That's why it can come out sometimes a little harsh and a little heavy. So, I, because I don't know how this finds you, and I'm not even implying that you didn't understand what I said or that you haven't accepted that incredible grace and that you're living full on passionate for the Lord. I'm not implying you're not at all. What I am asking you, though, is to just, what the church has to do now more than ever, I believe, is just be honest with ourselves. Because my approach to my culture and my society, my world, it has to be different. 
or no one will want to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I have the same frustrations in life that you do. I have the same bills in my life that you do. I have the same ailments in my life that you do. So, so we're not so different that I'm on a different plane. I'm not. So we have to understand that there has to be something that enables and empowers us to do the work of Jesus Christ on a level that is literally world-changing. I suggest to you that it starts with His amazing grace. And if there's anything in your life or anywhere in your life that this has kind of fell through the cracks, and maybe you've kind of had an, uh, an easy believism, if you will, of, of this subject of grace, grace, and it's like, I, look, look, I, I, all I got to do is tag back in and I'm good. I'm so thankful that God is waiting to receive us. But I don't know about you, but aren't you? I know I am tired of falling and then getting up and falling and getting up and falling and getting up. Grace sustains you. Grace sustains me. And if, if you're here today and you're like, Jeff, first and foremost, I, 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 need, to, I need to just restart my relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I've drifted to the degree that I don't even know how to approach him anymore. If you're watching live on Facebook, please understand, I'm talking to you too. If you're here in this room, I need you to understand that the grace of Jesus Christ is available to you right here, right now. And he's waiting on you to say yes. So if you would say, Jeff, my relationship with Jesus, I, I want to I sure this up. I'm, I'm done being lukewarm. I don't even know what being hot means in terms of my walk with Jesus, but I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. If that's you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and we're going to pray. God bless you. Who else? I'm in, Jeff. I'm saying yes to Jesus. This is my day. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive our sins. Restore us back to our first love. We accept your forgiveness. Lead us. Guide us. Direct us. Help us. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. Now let me speak to you very quickly. Give me, give me, a, give me a, another 90 seconds and we're going. If you say, Jeff, Jeff, I, 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 was that, I was that person. And I, and, and I do need to tighten it up. I do need to hold the line. I do need to make a stronger stand 
for what's right, I do need to make a difference and not a point. And for that, I'm asking Jesus to forgive me. And I receive his amazing grace to help me live a holy, consecrated, power-filled life for the glory of God. If that's you, just raise your hand. We're just going to pray. We're going to celebrate and pray, and that's it. God bless you, dear. Who else? God bless you and you. Father, we, we just thank you. We're going to move from this point forward, Jesus, in being very conscious of our decision, conscious of our responses to others, very aware of what would Jesus do. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your truth, and your kindness that we do not ignore the severity and wrath of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you Listen, if you um, want to just leave your jackets here because it's like a balmy 30 out there right now, you can do that. Uh, thank you for your time, your attention. We love you. We need you. On behalf of Pastor Dwayne and all the pastors and leaders here at the Body Dayton, don't forget Wednesday we're going to be in here. huh? It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We love you. God bless you. Have a good week.